Welcome to the Nona Voices podcast by Nona.fm. We feature the voices of the unique people that make up the Lake Nona community in Orlando, Florida. Joining us today is Cesar Cabral, born in the Caribbean island of Dominican Republic, but raised predominantly here in the United States, splitting his time between the states of New Jersey and Florida. He's uh, actually lived here in Florida for nearly 25 years, an alumni of the University of Central Florida, originally sought a uh, career in civil engineering, but ultimately uh, developed a passion for helping others through the power of his voice and actions. But he finds that the true path to happiness and fulfillment begins and ends with giving of yourself to others. Him and his wife, Sandra, started a business called Inspire a Movement. An overriding goal is to inspire and empower others to be the best version of themselves, to make a difference in the world through their actions and impact a positive change in people's lives through their brand and engagements. He's going to be part of the Saturday, May 20th Spring Community Wellness Retreat right here in Lake Nona. And uh, he's going to be uh, among the speakers there at that event. It starts at 1 o'clock at the Spring of Life Church. And again, that's going to be coming up May 20th. Right now, no further ado, let's get to Cesar Cabral. Welcome. Thanks for coming. I'm glad to be back, Mr. Curtis. This is becoming somewhat of a, of a fixture to be here to promote our events. And uh, honestly, it's a, a tremendous joy and, and, and blessing to be back. So, and we love having you here every time. We, we, it's funny, we, we met here about almost 50 <laughs> minutes ago. And we said, you know, we really should have probably been recording some of this conversation, <laughs> but we'll do it again. But, but you mentioned the event, the 2023 Spring Wellness Retreat mm-hmm. is coming up on the 20th of May. And uh, this is going to be a, a great event that has, I think, been sold out just about every time, right? Yes, sir. So, yeah, this is our fourth one coming up. Um, and uh, the, the, the pillars remain the same, uh, essentially trying to have these very accessible wellness events in terms of pricing. Um, I do believe that we're highly competitive in that end oh, yeah. uh, to, to bring more people to the fore instead of less. Um, certainly education has always been at the forefront and education in all aspects of wellness, not one thing. We're trying to change up lineups uh, per event so that it's not always... Uh, the same group of folks that you see. We do have some fixtures, but for the most part, we try to sprinkle in um, different things like the lifestyle medicine now that we're bringing for the spring event with Dr. Sharon Wasserstrom from Lake Nona Performance Club um, is uh, incredible, um, as well as uh, a uh, nutritionist and hormonal uh, specialist uh, in Miss Emily Murphy, yep. which is going to be, I'm sure, phenomenal. She has an incredible backstory around why she has such deep passion in those two areas. Uh, myself, I'm going to get another opportunity to do uh, some wellness coaching, talking about digital distraction and many of the things that you and I started talking even before doing this uh, podcast um, about in terms of uh, kind of the collective distraction that we're all experiencing and how that shows up in in, in our mental health, basically. Fantastic. Um, so that that's certainly a piece, the educational side of it as well. And then fostering community because we are doing this uh, for the community. It's intention for the community so that we can bond and grow together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of that goes on. It's 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 that type of event that, that you know, Daisy and I have spoken about. That Daisy Ramirez obviously helps really spearheads this along with the uh, Inspire Movement. Her And of course, Daisy's uh, associate with Village Connect. And by the way, before we forget, villageconnect.life 
is the uh, website where folks can go, still go sign up. I understand there's still tickets available, but these events in the past have sold out. So don't wait until the 19th to say, yeah, I'm going to go tomorrow. You might be out of luck. And it's right here in Lake Nona on Moss Park Road at the uh, Spring of Life Church. Yeah, it's uh, very close by. If you're in 32832 or in the outskirts of it, please, please come. Uh, we we definitely look forward to hosting you, as you mentioned, Miss Daisy Ramirez of the Village Connect. Uh, my wife and I with um, Inspire Movement I always say this is really a family affair, as you've witnessed yourself, mm-hmm. yep. uh, from our significant others to our older children, or you know, literally just hosting away and 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 giving their hearts and souls so that folks really get something out of this that they can tangibly feel. It's not like only intellectualizing and experiential, but it's like being hosted like we're definitely trying to hold space for you so that you feel safe you feel like you're in light kind and that you can have this little vulnerable moment think of it as a mini retreat a little bit of escapism from your normal weekend and you can just re-nourish relax come out with maybe different perspectives than you walked in with and again it's just 75 dollars Starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, runs mm-hmm. till 6.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, dinner's provided, live entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the dinner is top-notch as far as health goes. Yes, for and, sure. Absolutely. And, and and again, you're getting, what, six different speakers from Julie Weiss, from uh, Chopra Yoga and Meditation. Uh, there's going to be sound healing, yoga instruction. Mm-hmm. So it's really uh, cool stuff. What, what are some of the things that you're going to be talking about at the event? Kind of give people a little bit of a preview of what you're you're going to be discussing. So I developed a workshop or um, uh, I guess uh, and, and offering around um, what I call inside games. So it's it's really looking at mm, a, a bit from my own perspective, my, my own issues around being perfectly distracted in the collective noise. So in in talking about, you know, multitasking, well, is it really functional to, to, to be multitasking and thinking that you're being productive? Is there a difference between being just perfectly busy and being productive? So we speak into that a little bit. So for with 51 years of experience, I'll give you the quick answer. No, no way. <laughs> and then another bit of sauce on top of that, that's just one aspect that we could be coping with our distraction uh, by multitasking because we think this is the way to be effectively productive, which you're not being. But there are other ways to be distracted beyond just the modernity of technology, right? So it's like if your life is perfectly out of balance and you're in in the midst of tremendous stress and anxiety, that is a form of distraction if you're in fact missional in nature. So we talked about passion projects before we even yeah. started podcasting. Yep. So if we are very missional and we're very aligned with a vocational space or maybe, as I said, or as I witnessed this lady say yesterday, well, my family's my ministry. And, and, and she talks so deeply and passionately about her family being her ministry. Um, that That is her focal point. And if you're fatigued and tired and stressed, you're not going to really be able to put a lot of uh, cognitive bandwidth or emotional bandwidth on those very things that you say you're so missional about. Mm-hmm. So that's a form of distraction. And what do we do with it? Like, So obviously with us being more wellness-oriented, we're going to lean into meditative practices and things like this that allow you to really train your attention and your awareness to yourself. So that collective disconnect that we have isn't so much just on, you know, blame it on technology sort of thing, but it's almost, it's also a bit of a, I think like a cultural malaise or a cultural fragmentation, I think of what, what should be important, which is like, you need to be um, 
connected with with your, your with your inside game, if you will, mentally and emotionally, in order to be more optimal in society and whatever say whatever it is it is that you intend to be in. So, in order to fully show up, you have to be very aware of the in, internal workings. And and you mentioned uh, about the distraction of technology. Yeah. And and I caught myself a couple of weeks ago. Something my wife had said to me. She said, "Do you have to be looking at something all the time?" And it hit me a couple of weeks ago because once a week I like to do a salt soak where I soak and it's great for your skin. So I take oh. about an hour soak in a big, we have a big soaking tub mm. and, uh, and a big deep tub and you know, you can get up neck high and, mm -hmm. and this is how crazy I was that I have an iPad, old iPad that mm. I don't care if I drop it in the tub, it won't be the end of my life. The only thing it can barely run is Kindle anymore. Yeah. But I, that was my bathtub Kindle book. And I went, Last week, I went, you know, uh, maybe for an hour, because it was dead. Yeah. Maybe for an hour, I don't have to look at something. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can just lay my head out here on the rim of the, the uh, tub mm -hmm. and just uh, stare off at the ceiling and let my mind wander for an hour. I, I felt fantastic when I got up. Yeah. I didn't, I, sometimes I get out of that bath and I feel more tired than when I got in. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which, which is, it, it's beautiful, beautiful to hear you talk into your own self-awareness around that. Like, wait, wait a minute. I'm actually getting more, uh, more rest, if you will, yeah, of, of mind and, and, yeah. and, and in your emotional space too, by not being engaged than just sort of laying on and on yourself to be at a more relaxed, energetic state, if you will. Um, and that's true for, for most of us. Like I was talking about, um, uh, I made a reference to Robin Sharma before we started the podcast, which yep. is somebody that I consider one of my online mentors. And he was talking about how when was the last time that you really, uh, you know, just had an aha by looking at the sunset yeah. and kind of losing yourself in the the orangey sky and and just the, the, that that interplay of colors and, and that that beauty, that raw beauty that a sunset is. And he says, if you are um, uh, considering like like the sunset being something like a, a once in a one thousand year event, you'd go out and watch it. You wouldn't want to miss it because it happens every day. Eh, whatever you're really blasé about it, but that's the kind of thing that we need to get back to is to to be present, is to be able to enjoy your salt bath and be okay with that experience. And I just thought something about the sunset too. When you're on vacation on the west coast of Florida, mm -hmm. everybody it feels like everybody goes to the beach yeah. to watch the sunset. Now that happens every day. It doesn't yeah. look that much different than it sets on the ocean, yeah. but there, there, there is something about you're on vacation. You got to see it set over the water. Yeah. And um, you're right. It, it does happen every day. And, you know, to, to, to really bring it back home to the, the, the event that we're talking about here, one of the people that we had, um, beautiful people that we had at our last event was Dr. Sid Sherelle Williams, right? Mm. So she gave this whole presentation to really set us up much in the same light that Dr. Wasserstrom is going to set us up for this one, talking about the six pillars of health. Well, in Dr. Williams' presentation, she talked about like there's different energetic frequencies when you are a mist of or, or in the mist of nature and how you resonate with that um, in a more relaxed state when you're in when you're in synchronicity with the sunset, when you're in synchronicity with the beautiful mountain landscape, if you're driving to North Carolina. When you're, you know, gazing at the butterfly or whatever the case may be. So if we intention that, knowing that there's basic neuroscience around why you feel more relaxed in those types of settings, then you'll be more relaxed. Yes. Yep. But modernity and the technology and all this stuff is telling you, no, 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 no. It's about the dopamine hit that you're going to get with the next newsreel. Yeah. No, that's just a dopamine hit. There's other levels to this um, 
you know, overall well-being uh, recipe. And part of it is just being disconnected from that. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. like that, that's a start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. and, and the technology is there nowadays. I know on, on, on Apple products, you can actually set a time limit. Yes. And I have known people that, that, that they set a, that password mm -hmm. and they don't know that password. Their mm. wife knows it or their spouse. Mm. And they have to go to their wife and say, can you put the password in? I want a few more minutes on Facebook. Mm. And, he, and the, the gentleman that was telling me this said, you know, I don't ever actually do that. <laughs> I can't bring myself to, yeah, I, I need a few more minutes on social media. So the technology is there to, to disconnect us. Mm. As, and so that's one of the good things. I know there's more and more discussion about this in getting kids off of social media. Oh my. Arkansas and Utah have oh. just passed laws yeah. that make it tougher for kids to access social media. Mm -hmm. They're going to put hour limits on it. Yes. So they're, they're, we're beginning to wake up to some of these issues around that, that addiction. And it is an addiction. Um, I've shared with you openly, whether it be in this podcast or even private conversation, my own issues around anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. being fear-ridden probably from birth out of the womb, having all sorts of traumatic experiences that only inform that even further, right? Yes. But in the midst of that, as I'm preparing for this uh, presentation for the coming retreat, an Inside Game, I'm always trying to look at it from the perspective, well, what's the story here? Like, what's my story associated to this? I don't want to get up on a stage and intellectualize with folks that are perfectly smart and don't need more information. God forbid that what they get is more information, right? In the midst yeah. of the information age. Yes. But what they could potentially get something from is a guy sharing a story. Yes. That perfectly relates to his own life. So as I'm trying to arrive at that, so I really integrate this information and does it just become just me regurgitating stuff from chat GPT or Google or whatever the case may be. There is a linkage as, as far as I've, found out, and now that informs my own lived experience, around being perfectly distracted, again, talking about modernity with technology, maybe your excess fatigue, your mishandled stress, which leads to distraction, and being impulsive. Mm. That hit a nerve when I saw that, like you wouldn't believe, because as much as I would like to disown this, I can't. Right. I could keep it inside the skeletons of my closet that I have had a very impulsive nature to my own detriment, which has affected my relationship with my wife, has affected the relationship with God as a spiritually faith-based man. This is a thing. Yep. Being completely spiritually disconnected when you weren't intended to is a problem. Yes. Um, not being uh, someone that can possibly show up when you're not very reliant out of your lack of poor decision-making and being perfectly impulsive as a father. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. As a son... Um, as a coworker, in every facet of my life, being perfectly distracted because I haven't been self-aware has had tremendous negative impact on my life. Absolutely. And, and we all fall into it. You know, I've been there where, where you're not connected with your wife at a certain level. Um, maybe it's a short amount of time, maybe a long amount of time. Uh, same thing with the spiritual disconnection. I've experienced years of spiritual disconnection. And then even this week, I had a little crisis, if you will, of, of uh, conscious. And, and ultimately this morning had to say, whoa, hold on, let's reconnect here. Let's re-engage and turn this over where it needs to go and stop worrying about it and move on with our Saturday. Yeah. So it, we all go through that. That's for sure. So nobody needs to feel bad about it. Right. But if you've been doing, in, if you've been there for a long time or even a short amount of time, you can always reconnect, whatever that means for you. 
Yeah, and I think with me openly sharing, it's certainly um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that you know whoever receive it, the end receiver isn't looking at me to say like, oh look at that guy, that changes my opinion. Of that guy, I didn't know he drank when he was pissed or whatever the case may be. That could be how it winds up being for the person. I don't know. But the intention is not that. The intention is to say like, hey, you know, this is a respectful or respectable human being today who's just openly sharing, you know, his ebbs and flows through life and just, you know, hopefully um, engendering some wisdoms and some learnings to be a better human being and show up a little bit better and maybe be a little bit less distracted. I'm not, I love this saying too, this, uh, it's not mine own, but it's worth repeating. I am not the ideal, but I am full of ideals. I love that saying because I, I, I feel like it's um, very relatable it's not wrong to to have ideals. It's not wrong. If anything, sure. I think it, it it gives us. We were talking about you know some personals on, on your regard that you always need something to look forward to in the midst of whatever you're going through. Yeah, you know that's your north. That's, that's your compass. Yep. That's that's what drives you. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't mean that we're gonna like live into every one of those ideals every day. Sure. No, absolutely. It's yeah. called being a human being. Yep. <laughs> And you mentioned about storytelling, and I think that that's, I see more and more focus on that, uh, whether it's tools to help people tell stories, but I think we're realizing that's the basis of communication is storytelling. We have a, uh, we have a security consultant that helps us as far as our, our parent company and what my day job is, and that is working in cybersecurity. Right. But I, you know, I'm sure if I sat here and started talking to you about deep packet inspection, you would go, huh? What? <laughs> Right over my bald head. <laughs> but if I tell you about the small family manufacturer that lost $45,000 due to a breach, that might get more attention if I if I told that story versus the mechanics of how it happened. So uh, we actually, uh, my wife and myself took a two-day storytelling course right. in Destin, Florida back in December because... I, I think we've got to get back to the, the basis of telling stories and conveying what we need to convey to folks, whether it be on a spiritual level at any level or, or even a professional level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to your point, another thing that we touched on a lot of things in those 50 minutes prior to this podcast, yeah. which I think we would have hit the record button would have been nice. But uh, you mentioned like generational gaps, right? Like um, your generation Xers versus your millennials or generation yes. Z or whatever the case may be. And I think, um, Dr. Was it uh, Miss Linda uh, uh, Travelute? Oh yeah, uh, like known a resident, uh, yep. Ma Maxwell Corporation, I believe. Um, she talked on 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 that within her event a couple of months back, uh, basically to say that there is a different way in which we need to address the younger generations, and it is by storytelling, yes. because they have information. They may have more information um, at. 20 than I do at almost 48 years old available to them and oh, the, and certainly the yes. yeah and certainly the ability to to rationalize it it's yes. like these younger generations don't they're not lacking intellect no it's almost like information overload so the only way that you could pierce through that mantle of excess information is to relate to them but how do you do that with another human being regardless of what age they're in through a story yes people listen there cuz it's not preaching i'm not you know, telling you this is what you should do. And, mm -hmm. and, and in a lot of um, contexts, you know, not to, you know, poo-poo in any single one of them, but there are uh, bully pulpits in, in the different facets of society. And, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of the times that, that old dogma of, you know, hear me, I, like almost in declaration uh, mode, it just doesn't land on people. People don't want to 
tune in quite as readily right. uh, to authoritative figures versus, oh, here's a gal or here's a guy sharing on their story. And this is where they've decided to spend their passions to become, a, I don't know, a neurophysicist or whatever the case may be. But they can speak to the layman or the laywoman. You know what I mean? So I think that's really what it boils down to is I totally agree. I think if you applied that in our in our government agencies with politics, we don't want to go there now, yeah. maybe in the spiritual context, uh, uh, in, in every facet of society, if we, if we uh, engage in conversation in a different manner, much like you and I are doing with respect, with dignity, um, I'm being me, you're being allowed to be you, um, and let's just conversationalize and let's internalize things by, hey, this is what I feel and this is, this is what's happened to me. And we can get so much more done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that bridge is language. That doesn't yeah. only bridge like lived experiences. You could be from China. I could be, we, we've all broken bread. We've all mm-hmm. cried for good reasons and sad reasons. Yep. And, and that manner of conversation, that dialogue, that humanity just opens doorways that, that just simply aren't there when we're trying to one-up each other based on our intellectualism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I, I recently, so my wife and I were heading out to dinner here in Lake Nona, last week friday night it was kind of late we had gotten you know we got stuck in the office later than we wanted to so it was dark yeah like we ate dinner at nine o'clock but we uh, we see more and more of these young kids or it's not always young kids riding these illegal dirt bikes in traffic on narcusi with no lights on we came across one um he passed us at the light and then we caught up with him because it was a smaller bike and he couldn't keep up with the traffic on narcusi i'm like this kid is out of his mind. And, you know, you want to just tell him, what are you thinking, kid? What's up with you? And we pulled up. We were probably two cars behind him when we finally got to, well, we ended up two cars because he cuts up to the front of the light again. And I so badly, I almost got out of the car in the middle of Narcusi on a Friday night to walk up and tell him a story that it literally at the next light in front of the publics on Narcusi, I met a guy named George and George had just tried to cut across Narcusi on a Sunday night. And that's where he died. And my wife and I come up on his body laying in Narcusi. Mm. I I felt like, man, if I could tell this kid that story, Mm. that might get through to him more so than me running up and saying, are you an idiot? What is wrong with you? Do you understand the danger you're in that, you know, you don't have lights and you can't keep up with traffic and But, you know, the, if I could relay a story that you live like that, that's burned in your conscience for the rest of your life. Yes. That may have an impact. Yeah. And that's the great hope. I think, um, like, of course, I shared with you, I, I've got 22-year-old and a 21-year-old in the house. And I think about, I don't know, maybe six years ago or so with my oldest one, who's stubborn, reminds me of somebody I know, <laughs> yours truly. Um you know, just just uh, in that phase of life where you, your parents aren't necessarily your best go to. Um, oh yeah, they, they're yeah. they're they're grown and now they they they've figured out life and all all of a sudden any wisdom that you offer them is it, it just doesn't land. And um, I reared them in a very authoritarian way. I did. I did. My kids do. I yeah. was very authoritarian. Um, my way or the highway, and and that hit a limit. And I think um, with that one child in mind it was actually to the betterment of our relationship that he took a, a step away uh, he actually moved out for about three years and I think in him coming back it's not that it's been perfectly smooth coming back but I think I've gotten a little wiser 
I think he's gotten a little bit more receptive. And the combination is conversation around like, you know, I'm not going to tell this young man what to do about, you know, 12 months from graduating from college and starting his old adult life on his own. But I could share a little bit of my lived experience and yes. maybe that'll land. Don't land all the time. No. do land all the time. But mo- you'd be surprised. I'm surprised at how much it does when the wisdom is fed right back to you. Yeah. And it's don't, don't expect always immediate results either. Just like right. if I, when I got out of the car and talked to that kid, right. he's not going to turn off the bike and walk over to the sidewalk and walk the rest of the way where he's going. Right. But it may sink in when he's later on. That that uh, and, and so I have found that to be true. That it, there there's, there can be some delayed response. Be patient. Yeah, and I, and I think um, you know whether it's a generational thing or not. I think um, I, I'm one of those people that that's tried to like I mentioned before. You know, I'm I'm not the ideal, but I, I have many an ideal um, to not never try to see myself to talk down on someone. Yeah, but always open sharing, and that could be the indigent person on the street. Who who may not be in their full wherewithal or in their better senses, but they want to hold conversation with you for whatever the reason. I would be the type of person that if I'm not in a rush, I would give them the time of day. Oh yeah, because I just see a human being, you know. And um, a lot of the, the the I think a lot of the structural problems that we have as society not here in the United States only. You know, I, I love this country. I'm a naturalized citizen. I I don't think we're perfect, but there's a lot of idealism here. Oh yeah, from the forefathers uh, on, right in the Constitution and all that. Um, but the world over, I mean, there, there's just a lot of, um, a, I call it like almost tribalism where people, you know, sort of pit themselves against the corner because these folks don't think like I do. And that rigidness of thinking, um, it just becomes like toxic in society. And, and then all of a sudden you, you look at the indigent person going back to that example as a, as an other, like, oh, that's them because they, 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 they did this wrong or they did. And we start laying judgments and, and all these things, um, instead of maybe thinking of a way to buy the person a meal or, yeah. or just give them the, the dignity of a good, kind hello. Yep. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so often, I don't know if you can share on that if you'd like, but um, I can think of in my down moments where a cashier uh, at a Publix made me feel human when in that very moment, if she hadn't been kind and, and, and giving oh, to, yeah. to just give me a, a formal, how are you doing? And really mean it to the soul, uh, you know, to, to, to their, to, to the, um, you know, heart of hearts, if you will. I don't know if I would have made it through that day. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I, literally, it, it took just a really random act of kindness and giving and connection, heartfelt, um, not authoritative, not judgmental for that inkling of hope to make it for one more hour or another day, or whatever the case may be. So we don't know the impact that we have on people, except that we do, because everybody's watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I never forget, my dad gave me his Dale Car- Carnegie books when I was in high school. <laughs> and I read the, you know, Making Friends, and the, I forget the whole title of the, the book, but um, but I, I actually read something, and as I'm walking out of our apartment as a kid, I passed a guy who just looked like he had had a really bad day. And I just said, hey, cool looking truck. I like your truck. That's good. That's a cool looking. Just, I was almost experimenting with it as a kid. And the guy just lit up and mm-hmm. started telling me how he, where he bought the wheels and what things he had done to the truck. It was back in the days when you would lower your truck. Mm-hmm. So, but he lit up and he walked away with a smile and he looked happy. And I went, holy cow, this stuff works. Yep. 
And, you know, and so and like Dale Carnegie wrote that in the 30s, I think, or late, late 20s. So mm. it, it, it's those basics we need to get back to of having it comes down to a general, a genuine interest right. in folks and what they're dealing with, what people are dealing with. Yeah, I think that's um, and we can't get lost in we can't get lost in suburbia, as we said here in yeah. suburbia, <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. Uh, but we can't we. It's some again. Some of the, we talked about so many things prior to beginning, but we talked about our upbringing being so different than the younger person's upbringing. How we Gen tried X. to, yeah. There's a lot of focus on how Gen X was raised, a lot different than Boomers and Millennials. We, we tried to bring some of the little league experiences and the, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, wiffle ball at the at the park, flag football in the middle of the street to to our own children's upbringing. Oh yeah, getting together a kickball team every evening. Yeah, you know that's the very fabric of humanity, right? Like. I love to go to Savannah, Georgia, for example. If folks haven't been there, boy, it's a day's trip if you're in Orlando. Please do yourself the favor and go. Why do I love it so much? And um, I did um, some schooling around urban and regional planning, and Savannah was like a case study, um, as was uh, St. Augustine, as was uh, New Orleans. So all of these, um, like Spanish, like uh, uh, built or or impacted cities in, in the United States, mostly in the southern part of the country, um, have all these gridded streets and the gridded streets around for the center block and the center block allowed for four buildings that were all facing the courtyard or the center plaza so all eyes are on the kids that are playing ball or they're playing kick whatever they played 200 years ago or 300 whatever it was yep. but it also allowed for grandma and grandpa to be on a park bench underneath the shade of a tree with the canopy and watch the kid play and read a book and talk about politics of the day or whatever the case may be that is the fabric and the very essence of humanity. And now, now, 2023, you go to Savannah, Georgia, 365 days out of the year, pick one. It's going to be packed. Oh, yeah. Why? Because it's colonial? I think I think there's more than that. It's because yeah. when you walk block by block by block, oh, there's a folks, there's a couple uh, getting married right there, congregation. Oh, there's a person playing the guitar, congregation. People want to be around people. So now it's you go to the ballpark because you want to be around people. Or maybe you want to watch, you want to go to the YMCA mm-hmm. so that grandma and grandma have an opportunity to be around people and not, you know, you know, in, in the living room in the house. So these these things are so fundamentally important for us to feel connection. Um, we need each other, like not not like in a in an abstract sort of way like we we were made to be social we were made to not be perfectly distracted and what would happen before you know and i'm not condoning maybe the hard hand of the elders from the past is maybe grandpa or grandma slapping you upside the head because you did something wrong Mm -hmm. because they were part of the upbringing experience but now they're not yeah yep uncle joey is in another state possibly and maybe you see him over christmas time that's a problem all of these things are problems because we need the nuclear family to be intact in order to really have forward progress. The other day I was going down Laurier Boulevard and uh, just, you know, slowed down at one of the crosswalks and because there were a lot of kids nearby. And that's because the kids were all gathered and there were some parents hanging out on the porches in these little muses they have in Laurier Park. Beautiful design. I know there's a couple of neighborhoods around like Nona that have that, but that, that that's powerful to have that. As you say, it, it's a different design than the grids with the squares, but it's the same concept. Absolutely. And it works the same way. It, Absolutely. It, it does. You, know, you mentioned about how people want to be social. Who would have thought after, 
I remember this in 01, after 9-11. Everybody said, there's never going to be business travel again. Never get, No one's ever getting on a plane to go on to a business meeting again. Mm. It didn't take long. A few months, people were back on planes and they were comfortable. We saw it after, um, I just went to a conference a week before last in Nashville. I've, I've, we generally, Nashville, beautiful city. It is. And we generally go beautiful. to this conference every year. This yeah. was the biggest one ever of mm-hmm. business people getting together mm-hmm. for this conference. And then you hear TV networks are struggling because people aren't watching sports on TV, but yet they had to open the, the upper deck at the Trop over in St. Pete for the Rays game. So, yes, the Rays are doing fantastic this year. So that helps. Beat up my Pirates this week. <laughs> but I think people want to get out and they want to be social. You walk the Tampa Riverwalk. We were over in Tampa a few weeks ago. That used to be dead. There was nobody there. It was overrun with families yeah. hanging out, uh, the kids riding, you know, their bikes and, and skateboards and the parents sitting on benches, you know, groups of parents sitting around talking. Mm-hmm. It's really, it warms your heart to see people are reconnecting. Have you been out in the Midwest on a car trip? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you probably know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you, you. You're on, on a car trip. You're going to make random stops, right? Sure. Family wants to take a pee. You're hungry, whatever the yep. case may be. Invariably, you find the old town where they have, you know, maybe like what, what's equivalent of like two street blocks of, of, of storefront. Yep. And the storefront's going to have rocking chairs in front of the storefront. Yep. And you know what those rocking chairs are for? For grandpa and grandma or, you know, auntie or and, and uncle Joey or whatever the case may be to look out on the road and see what? Not pe- not ca- people in cars necessarily. No. People because yeah. it's the their people downtown. Yep. People watch, yep. so you see this everywhere. And these are these are places that may have three thousand people to a township, but they want to say hi to Frank who grows bean sprouts and is you know like everybody knows each other. You want to say hi to the neighbor, and and that's really what it is. I know this sounds so fundamental, and I know that it is. But myself, I've been a city kid most of my life. Fortunately for me, I did have a totally different childhood rearing experience. I grew up in a small town in New Jersey for the most part where you knew the deli owner. You knew Heises, the the, the the one deli that was in front of the middle school where you could buy the milk. Like, And, and that lady knew your name and knew your mother's name. Mm-hmm. You know, So when you grow up like that and then you, you see your, your kids grow up with so much fear, I mean – Everything's gridded. Everything's like like locked up in school. Like you know, uh, you know, freedoms are compromised, if you will, over and over. Um, boy, it, it does it does something. And I think what it's doing is folks are experiencing more and more of that mental health crisis. And it, it's not an easy fix um, if it's too far uh, too far gone, if you will. But I, I think. I think we're in a spot where if we start being more conscientious about what's going on and 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 even in the midst of living in a suburban environment look for the Laurier Parks yeah. kind of model so that folks can congregate and create events so that they can join up together and get to know one another. That's really all we need and and then you wouldn't have you know to to turn on you know Spectrum uh, uh Channel 13 news to figure out oh that family that I is two houses down that I never knew, you know, they just had a horrific incident happen. Yeah. Yes, and it, and just turn up on the news, and you never knew their name, you never knew their kids' names, you never knew anything about them other than this one h- horrific highlight of their lives on their worst day, yeah. which c- could potentially have been impacted by the neighbors that that person had. Yeah, much like what you were mentioning about the young man with the motorcycle, or myself with the cashier at the Publix. Yep. 
So I feel like it's um it's on all of us really um individually and collectively to lean into this and understand that like I mentioned to you Mr. Curtis and you were so very open about sharing some of your personals with me that I'm watching you you know even if I don't say it yeah. but I'm only I'm not just watching you like an experimentation like I'm feeling your experiences I'm I'm learning from you and you don't have to say anything um so we all do that for one another and have the ability to do that for one another and as and and I think the more that we adopt that mentality, we'll have more accountability over our own actions to say like, whoa, I got to be careful. Mr. Curtis and his wife may be next to Chroma and I'm cussing it up over here and, you know, acting all crazy and you may be talking bad to somebody. You know, people are watching. Oh, yeah. And you want them to watch. Yes. Yep. Because it holds us all accountable. Yep. So, you know, it's like niceties need to come back. Community needs to come back and to be at the forefront of every conversation that we have in every facet of society. And then all, and then we can talk about, so how's your business going with the IT, Mr. Curtis? Uh, how's your vocational space? Are you perfectly aligned? We can now collaborate in business. We can collaborate to, 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 to foster in other areas of our lives. But it has to start first with having a, a basic foundation of community around that. Absolutely. I Absolutely. believe. Absolutely. And so, uh, once again, 2023 Spring Wellness Retreat, you're going to be there speaking about health and uh, life uh, wellness as, as a coach, uh, of course, uh, as part of a Inspire movement. Village Connect is putting this together, villageconnect.life, just $75, Saturday, May 20th, 1 o'clock in the afternoon till 6.30 at Spring of Life Church. This is a dinner, live entertainment, six speakers from UCF Health, um, Lake Nona Performance Club and a lot more. So it's it's this is a great event. Wellness centered exhibitors that we like to call uh, community partnerships. Um, we've had folks like New York Life, Edward James, Lake Nona Performance Club, some local uh, holistic practitioners that'll set up shop a little table there, and sometimes they'll even give you the experience while you're there. So this is this is a lot. This is a a four to five hour. Um, experience to say the least uh, and it's done right here in your backyard fantastic well thank you Caesar as always I love these conversations <laughs> we try and do like a 20 minute podcast <laughs> and I'm looking at the clock and we blew that away but that's, that's fantastic thank you very much it's always a great honor to be here Mr. Curtis and I look forward to continuing doing it with you thank you Thank you for listening to the Nona Voices podcast by Nona.fm. We feature the voices of the unique people that make up the Lake Nona community in Orlando, Florida. You can subscribe to Nona Voices wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our iHeartMedia. If you have a moment, please share the Nona Voices podcast and give us a review. Thank you for listening to the Nona Voices podcast by Nona.fm.